In our previous podcasts, we have looked at how to identify what data you may be holding as a charity and what you should do with it. We've also looked at data protection consents and at what amounts to a legitimate interest. Last week, we looked at the transfer of data to third parties. To conclude this series, we have a look at the implications of non-compliance with the new regulations. What happens if you're in breach of the new regulations? And joining me today to look at this is my colleague Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Morning, Peter. In outline, the GDPR will introduce a duty on all charities to report certain types of data breach to the relevant supervisory authority. In certain cases, they'll also need to notify the individuals affected. Okay, so what is a personal data breach? A personal data breach means a breach of data security which leads to the destruction, loss or alteration of personal data or to the unauthorised disclosure of or unauthorised provision of access to personal data. So a data breach is much wider than simply losing personal data. So, for example, a charity could be responsible for a data breach if the details of a supporter of the charity are accessed inappropriately as a result of there being insufficient internal data protection controls. So will a charity have to notify the ICO, being the relevant supervisory authority, about every single data breach, no matter how big or small? No. It'll only be necessary to notify the authority of a breach where it's likely to result in a risk to the rights and freedoms of individuals. If a breach is left ignored, it's likely to have a detrimental effect on individuals. So will it, for example, result in discrimination or damage to reputation, financial loss or loss of confidentiality? Or will it have any other significant economic or social disadvantage? It's going to be necessary to review this um, on the facts of each case. For example, you'll need to notify the relevant authority about a loss of customer details where the breach leaves individuals open to identity theft, for example. On the other hand, the loss or inappropriate alteration of, say, a staff telephone list uh, wouldn't normally meet this threshold. So in view of the issues for non-disclosure, which I'll deal with later, it is, however, better to err on the side of caution when considering whether or not to disclose to the authority. You mentioned that in some circumstances the individual whose data has been compromised has to be notified. So when will this be necessary? Where a breach is likely to result in a high risk to the rights and freedoms of individuals, you must then notify those concerned directly. This high risk in, in the definition here means the threshold for notifying individuals is higher than for notifying the supervisor authority. So you need to consider your approach to notifying both authority and individuals. If there's been a notifiable breach, then what information must a breach notification contain? So the notification must include details of the nature of the personal data breach, including, wherever possible, the categories and approximate number of individuals who may be concerned uh, by the breach, the categories and approximate number of personal data records concerned, the name and contact details of the data protection officer, if uh, your organisation's got one, 
or other contact point uh, where more information can be obtained. Um, it will also include a description of the likely consequences of the personal data breach and a description of the measures taken or that are proposed to be taken within the organisation to deal with the data breach and, where appropriate, of any measures that have been taken to mitigate any personal adverse effects on those individuals whose data has been compromised. Okay, so if I've identified that a personal data breach has occurred, how do I go about notifying that? Okay, a notifiable breach has to be reported to the uh, relevant supervisory authority within 72 hours of the organisation becoming aware of it. GDPR recognises that it will often be impossible to investigate a breach fully within the organisation, within that short three-day time period, and so allows you to provide information in phases. If the breach is sufficiently serious to, to require notification to the public, you must do that, however, without undue delay. Failing to notify a breach, and this is the, the, the scary bit, failing to notify a breach when required to do so can result in a significant fine of up to 10 million euros or 2% of your global turnover. Good grief, that sounds absolutely horrendous. That surely is a huge change from the current position. It, it is. The, the potential scale of fines is, is, is quite different from that under the current Data Protection Directive. Currently, the ICO, the, the UK's supervisory authority, may impose fines up to half a million pounds, depending on the severity of the breach. And it can only impose those fines on data controllers. However, under GDPR, supervisory authorities are given power to issue fines, which under the regulations, um, they should be effective and they should be proportionate. But also significantly, GDPR says they should be dissuasive. So that is, they're trying to say that you can possibly be punitive. So if an organisation does something that breaches the regulations, then they might sort of want to make an example of you. The fines can be very significant, as I've mentioned. Uh, in case of less serious breaches... Uh, where there's been a failure to maintain written records or implement internal measures, the fines can be the €10 million Euros or 2% of global turnover. However, in the case of more serious breaches, uh, for example, where there's been a breach of processing uh, data subject rights, the fines can be double that, up to €20 million Euros or 4% of global turnover. Now, that's not saying that is the fine that will be imposed, clearly. And the GDPR includes a list of factors to be accounted for when determining whether to impose a fine and what scale of fine to impose. So the relevant factors to be considered when considering the size of fine include the nature of the breach, the scale and duration of the infringement, and the extent to which any mitigating actions were taken, and whether there's a history of previous infringements by the organisation. Is that it then? If a charity is careful and limits the scale and duration of the breach, it may be able to limit the scale of the fine or avoid it completely? It's true, yes. However, additionally, 
Under GDPR, member states will also have the discretion to designate certain breaches of specific aspects of GDPR as criminal offences. And also, GDPR introduces an updated right for individuals whose data is held by an organisation to claim compensation for financial loss and also non-financial damage suffered as a result of data breaches. Now, currently, the liability for that compensation is limited to the data controller, but under GDPR, both data controllers and data processors will be liable for compensation, as well as being exposed to the authority's fines. So if you are fined as an organisation, it doesn't mean you might not also face compensation claim for an individual, and, and vice versa. Now, all that sounds quite scary, but it's worth noting that GDPR applies to all organisations. We've been talking about charities here. Now, it's probably very unlikely that fines of anywhere near these levels are going to be imposed realistically on charities and not-for-profit organisations in all but the most grievous cases. Thanks, Duncan. We are, I think, coming to the conclusion of our review of, of GDPR, really. So to round up, what would you suggest that a charity should do to prepare for breach reporting? Well, first of all, you should make sure that all staff understand what constitutes a data breach and that this is more than a loss of personal data. Secondly, you should make sure that your organisation has in place a procedure for internal reporting of breaches. So provide examples to st staff of likely breaches in the context of your organisation and provide a really clear indication of what they're meant to do and who to report to. I'd also say you should make it really clear that blame is not going to be attached to someone within your organisation for simply reporting the breach. It's much better for the organisation for a breach to be identified as quickly as possible. There's then more opportunity to ensure it's properly reported externally and it's going to reduce the harm to the charity. Of much more concern is where there is a, a potential data breach that's overlooked or it's given the benefit of the doubt and not reported externally or where it's deliberately concealed. In all those cases, it's going to be much worse for the organisation. So I think I'd really encourage uh, a culture within the organisation where there can be uh, disclosure and reporting. Now, particularly in the light of the tight timescales for reporting a breach, it, it, it is really important to have robust breach detection, investigation, internal reporting procedures in place. Thirdly, and as we've indicated in earlier podcasts, ensure that the impact of GDPR is factored into your organisation's risk management process. The risk profile uh, of non-compliance in relation to data protection should be kept under review on an ongoing basis and will need to be updated as part of your preparation for GDPR. I think it is likely that the reputational risk of data breaches under GDPR is going to be higher. Previously, organisations were, to an extent, able to choose whether and when to disclose that a data breach had occurred, and they could manage their publicity accordingly. But under the new mandatory regime, 
breach information is by default going to be in the public domain and the resulting knock-on damage to an organization's reputation could be pretty severe. This is particularly going to be so if an organization is unfortunate enough to face a couple of infringements over a, particular, over a short period of time. Finally, you should carry out a review of all your contractual arrangements with third parties to assess any liability exposure under those contracts for data protection breaches. And where necessary, you should conduct a review of insurance arrangements to ensure, as an organisation, you've sufficient coverage in respect of data protection breaches generally, but also specifically in the light of the review of these third-party contracts. Thank you very much for that, Duncan. That's, that's really interesting and helpful. That then brings us to an end of this podcast and indeed to this series where we have reviewed the new GDPR and how this is likely to affect our charity clients. There are changes that the new regime is ushering in. However, with care and preparation, it is quite realistic to ensure that your organisation can be prepared in good time for the changes next May and then be in a position to avoid falling foul of the GDPR. We hope you have found this series helpful and informative. Thank you.